Hey everyone, I'm Mackenzie Dyer with Bradford's Alumni Program. We are very excited about launching some different podcast series for you guys, but we really want y'all to be included. Please feel free to email alumni at bradfordhealth.net any sort of interesting topics or series y'all are interested in hearing about. We will be launching each podcast um, on the Tuesday of every week. Our first guest speaker is Brett Young, who's coming to us from the Reprieve. He's actually here with me today, and we're about to get started. So here he goes. What's up, alumni? I'm Brett Young. I work with the Reprieve Programs, part of Bradford Health Services. I'm here with Mackenzie Dyer today, who's opted not to sit on the couch with me. Uh, but Mackenzie's asked me to come in today to talk to you guys about something that's really uh, near and dear to my heart in my recovery. Uh, so I told her I wanted to discuss the serenity prayers. It's played a, a vital role in my journey. Uh, God willing, I'll actually have nine years next Friday. Uh, so I just wanted to share something that meant a lot to me. So Mackenzie, I was kind of telling you about the serenity prayer uh, and, and how much it's meant to me. But when I first got sober, when I was first at Bradford, I was up at Warrior and I had this assistant counselor named Tim. And Man, he was so passionate. He was so fired up about the steps, but I just wasn't ready to hear it the first time. And he would tell me to go to these meetings and, and be a part of these different things. And he would tell me every time he got done doing one of his lectures, he'd recite the serenity prayer. And, and I really thought that, that the 12-step fellowships were, was a cult. I mean, I, I just thought I'm going to go into treatment. They're going to make me be part of this clique. I'm going to smoke cigarettes, go hang out with old people. And, and that would be my life. And, and so I finally went to a, to a meeting and uh, there it was, there was a bunch of old guys smoking cigarettes, pounding coffee. And at the end of it, they all stood up and they did this chant and it, it was the serenity prayer. So immediately I was like, that, I, that, there it is. This is a cult. I don't like it. And somebody challenged me to actually define what the serenity prayer is. So I, I did, I took a Webster's dictionary and I sat down and I wrote it out and I defined every word. When I actually got the true meanings of it and, and what it was saying, I realized, wow, this is really something that I can utilize in my life. This is something I need. So what I'd like to do is kind of define that and, and kind of give you guys the ability to hear my definition of it. And, and, and hopefully you can utilize it for yourself also. Uh, I wrote the lecture. It's funny. I was in cottage one and, and I was an assistant, assistant counselor this time. And I had this really incredible group of young men and they, the brotherhood was there and the motivation to get sober was there. And one day we, we did this lecture, everybody jumped up and they were yelling and yeah, yeah. And so they went to do the serenity prayer and they're like, God, and they got done and they all barked, dog pound. And I was like, gentlemen, have a seat. We just missed everything that I'm trying to show you guys. I said, tomorrow we're going to come together and we're going to define the serenity prayer. So I went home that night and I wrote it out. So the serenity prayer, I don't know how familiar you are with it, Mackenzie. I know you've probably heard it, but it starts with God. God grant me the serenity. Well, well for many of us and, and for me myself, God was something that I very, I very much struggled with. Uh, I had a father who was a Gideon uh, most of my life, a grandfather who was a primitive Baptist preacher. My brother-in-law is a, is a minister in Hoover, one of, the, one of the big churches there. But, but God to me was something I couldn't get connected with. So I remember hearing different acronyms. You could, you could say God was group of drunks, uh, a group of drug addicts, the, the different things. But the one that stuck out to me was good orderly direction. Uh, that was something I knew I struggled with on, on a daily basis was just taking the next right step. So when I applied that to the serenity prayer, I said, all right, this, this is me looking at a power greater than myself, the ability to do the next right thing. Now, now what is it asking me to do? This power, what am I asking for? And it says, grant me the serenity. So I defined grant. 
to me, grant immediately meant give. And as an addict, I understood give. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And whenever I ask guys all the time, I say, what's the definition of grant? They say, give. No, it's to request a favor. A favor meant something to me. In, in 2009, the second time I went back to Bradford Health Services, I'll never forget this. I was on I-459, headed back to my home, and I called my best friend at that time in the world. And I told him, I said, man, I said, this addiction's got me again, and, and I, I've got to go away for a while. And this time I'm not going just to detox and stabilization. I'm not going just 30 days. Buddy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go away for a year. And what I need from you is, is for you to be in my son's life because he's not going to see me every day and his mother's going to do all that she can. But I need you to go and check on him and let him see that fatherly figure. That's a favor. And he told me he would, and, and I'll never forget. And I'll always be, uh, I'll always owe him for that because as I was gone, he would go and he'd pick up my son they'd get ice cream. They'd go out on the boat. They did different things. So now in this moment, when I'm reading the serenity prayer, I realize I'm asking this power greater than myself to help me, help me with a favor help grant me a favor. But what's the favor? It's serenity. And so when I thought about serenity, I said, well, what does that mean for me in serenity? So I define that. And it's basically the state of, uh, of being calm, peaceful, quiet. Uh, it's tranquility. And so I looked at that into my, my, my addiction and I realized there has been no tranquility. There's been no peace. Even in that moment when I called him and I asked him for that favor, the, the tears that were running down my face. I, I remember I couldn't even hardly speak because my throat was so swollen. I, I didn't know what peace was. And so I looked at it and, and, and I looked at, it, at different words that were the opposite of serenity. And I found war. I found deafening. I, I found chaos. And I thought about, wow, this is a favor. I truly am asking God for something that is bigger than that I've been able to experience. And that's some peace. And, and, and so then I had to look at the next line. Why do I need this peace? And it was to accept the things that I cannot change. Well, so then I looked at some examples of what, when, when I didn't have serenity in my life, when I, when, it, when I was in war, when I was in chaos, when, when the, the sounds of addiction were deafening in my life. And I took one example uh, and, and I really dove into that one. And, and what it was is, is there was a time where I was traveling from Birmingham to Opelika and I was working down there, which is ironic because now I work at Opelika. But I was traveling down there and I, and I was doing uh, sales and finance for a marina down there. I was a, a finance manager. And, and I would stop in the morning. My father lived in Alexander City. And I would stop in the morning and we would, we would eat a biscuit together. And, and we were just talking one day. And he said, he said, son, he said, let me ask you something. He said, you're a big boy. You've always been a big boy. He said, we live down here in the south and in, in, in Alabama and it's hot. And it's summertime. And he said, you're a good 240, 250 pounds, and every day you wear long sleeves. He said, why is it that you wear long sleeves? And, and I got real nervous, and I was like, you know, it's, uh, it's the style, man. This is how we do it. You know, I wear long sleeves, shorts, and flip-flops. That, that, that's how we, we, we get down. You know, that, that's just, you're a little bit older, Pop. You know, you wear V-necks, long socks, and tight shorts. I was like, that's not, that's not our style. And he's like, cool, I get it. He's like, I understand. Uh, I, I'm not cool. He said, but, but I want you to think about this. He said, this weekend, your, your wife and your son are coming down to the lake and we're going to get out on the water and we're going to get out in the pontoon boat. And at some point, we're going to say, man, it's too hot to keep riding in this boat. We're going to stop and we're going to take a swim. He said, I better not see your big butt swimming in long sleeves. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no problem. Took a big bite of biscuit to buy me some time to think. And I was like, yeah, definitely won't happen. Definitely won't happen. No problem. I said, all right, Pop, I got to get back to car, back in the car, head to work. I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. 
And uh, I remember riding in my car, and I was in I was in complete panic. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get past this this whole idea of what he was telling me is he was going to be looking at my arms, and I knew that my arms had track marks from being a, an IV drug addict, and I I didn't know how I was going to hide this. So I was driving. I passed Tiger Town in Opelika. It's a, a shopping center. And I remember thinking, oh, Dick's Sporting Goods is over there. I'll just go in there and I'll buy me a wetsuit. And, and I'll just swim in that all weekend. And I realized I'd look like a can of busted biscuits, you know, trying to swim around the lake. So I decided that was a bad idea. I got to the marina and I walked around in the back and, and I remember seeing the mechanics. They were working on a boat motor. And I was like, I could get some of that grease. And I could say I was helping out. I could, I could put that grease all over my arm and I could cover it up and just say I, I couldn't remove the grease. You know, just, I, I, it'll come off in a few days. And as I put some grease on it, kind of amplified the, the, the track marks. And I said, that's not going to work. I saw some other guys were working on a boat that was, was wrecked. And, and I said, oh, ooh, they're painting that. I could take some of that, that paint and I could put it on and say, I just got it on me and I, and I can't get it off. And I, I realized I kind of like a fishing lure was, was sparkly paint all over my arm. It still didn't work. And then I had that, that attic moment in, in, in that chaos and in, in that war of uh, 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 that deafening noise of the addiction in my mind. And I went and I found a, a big bin of, of tools. And I found a, uh, a, a sander that they use for these boats. And they, they would grind down these boats before they, they painted it. And so I took an extension cord and I went over into the corner. And I rolled up my sleeve and I took that sander and I sanded my arm. And, and you can still see today. Uh, I, I have marks here, I have marks here, I have marks here, I have marks here. I even, I even got up here and then I took the sander and I, and I grinded in here. And the story I came up with, boat motors, they come in these wooden crates and they're stacked up typically back in the back in the storage or whatever. And I told him that we were standing there beside these crates and one of the crates fell and it was about to fall on somebody like a hero. I, I, I sprung to, to save this person and the crate fell down my arm. And so we put bandage on it. We put neosporin. And when I got home, my family was like, oh, oh, I can't believe that happened. Is it, is it hurting? I was like, oh, yes, it hurts. And I took away the distraction. And what I realized when, when, when I took that story and I placed it in the serenity prayer is, is that's what war is. That's what chaos is. That's what addiction is. What I'm asking this good orderly direction, what I'm asking this God of my understanding for is, is to grant me, is to allow me the, the, the favor to have some peace. So today, when I have a problem, I don't have to go straight into war mode. I don't have to let it deafen my, my reasoning skills that I can find some calm, some quiet, some peace and say, okay, how do I respond to this? The rest of the serenity prayer is the action behind it. It's the tools that help me remember how to find the solution. And, and that's what I want to talk about next. Uh, when we come back in the next episode, now, now you know you've seen the chaos, you've seen the war, you know the favor that we were, we were requesting, sorry, I can't say the word, from that good orderly direction. And then we're going to dive into how the serenity prayer continues to work for us. Um, so I look forward to seeing you guys next time. And, and thank you, Mackenzie, for letting me share that part of, of the serenity prayer in my life.